Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Tonight on Piers Morgan Uncensored, one year on from Liz Trust, have we recovered from the budget that broke Britain? And other people that dragged us into the mire, sorry for what they did. Quasi Quarteng was the brains behind the lettuce, the Chancellor, whose policies self imploded. So tonight, I'll ask him if he will finally apologise to the British people for the financial hurt that he and Liz Trust caused them. And a 22-year-old British student's been killed in a Russian mortar strike while fighting for Ukraine. I'll speak exclusively to his family. Live from the News Building in London, this is Piers Morgan Uncensored. Is Piers Morgan Uncensored. Good evening from London. Welcome to Piers Morgan Uncensored. Hundreds of schools across the country have had to close buildings over dodgy concrete that's left them in danger of collapse. It's become a full-blown crisis for the government and an early Christmas present for fans of lazy metaphors. Critics say this government's crumbling before our eyes. The walls are falling in after 13 years of Tory rule. They failed to fix the roof while the sun was shining. We don't yet know why it took so long for the government to act. We don't yet know how long it will take to fix it. We don't yet know how much that will cost. But what we do know is that absolutely nobody is to blame. Here's Prime Minister Rishi Sunak accused of cutting school budgets when he was Chancellor. Are you to blame for what's happening now? And do you want to apologise to parents and pupils? No, I think that is completely and utterly wrong. Not me, Gov, says the Prime Minister. Gillian Keegan, Secretary of State for Education, first said it was, quote, not her responsibility, before blowing up in this hot mic tirade. But you're saying that the government is not responsible, ultimately, no. for the safety of children in schools? The, the school building's responsibility is with local authorities and multi-academy trusts. You... Does anyone ever say, you know what, you've done a f good job because everyone else has sat on their ass and done nothing? No, no, no signs of that, no? Everybody else was sat on their asses, says the education chief, who was sat on her ass on holiday in Spain when the school closures were ordered. Well, today, her department triumphantly tweeted, most schools unaffected. Well, that's great news. At least we know the line after the election. 40% of Tories lose their seats, most unaffected. This crisis has exposed a phobia that's gripping politicians around the world. It's the fear of taking responsibility or saying sorry for anything. President Biden said it was, quote, not his responsibility when classified documents were found piled in his garage next to his beloved Corvette. Asked if he'd take responsibility if the Taliban retook Afghanistan, Biden said this. Don't you bear some responsibility for the outcome if the Taliban ends up back in control and women end up losing the no, rights? No, I don't. Look, do I bear responsibility? Zero responsibility. And yet it was entirely your responsibility, Mr. President. Everybody knows what happened over in Afghanistan, the tragic consequences, not least for millions of Afghan women now being suppressed once again by the Taliban wolves. Boris Johnson infamously bore no responsibility for literally anything, including an investigation that found he'd lied to Parliament about COVID lockdown parties and launched a campaign of abuse against his critics. It was all a terrible witch hunt, he said. Donald Trump's the godfather of taking no responsibility, a former president who'd apparently rather go to jail than admit he lost an election. 
And a year ago today, Liz Truss became Prime Minister for a disastrous and historically awful 44 days. Her friend and Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng broke Britain with a mini-budget that tanked the pound, crashed the markets, blew up mortgages for millions of people. Well, who bears that responsibility? Who's sorry? It's pretty clear that most people are now still paying the price, but apologies, there have been none. Trust in politics is at an all-time low because so few politicians just want to throw their hands up and go, it's on me, Gov, and I'm sorry. Every leader blames the guy who messed it up before them and the one who made it worse afterwards. Look, it's hard to admit you're wrong. Apparently, I've been told that. But if politicians want to rebuild trust, it starts with admitting they broke it in the first place and occasionally just saying, I'm sorry, it was me. Well, I'm joined now by the former Chancellor, Kwasi Kwasi. Kwasi, great to see you. How are you? You've never said sorry for, I've never what, for what happened a year ago, just I've over said, a year ago. What I've said, I bear responsibility for it. Why not say and, sorry? And, and what I want to do is to make sure that we actually get back uh, to a growth agenda. What do you bear responsibility for? Well, I think the way that we delivered it and the, and the speed with which it was delivered mm. was wrong. And I put my, I've put up my hand uh, frequently and said we should have taken more time, we should have had a more balanced uh, approach. Uh, and I've said that repeatedly in interviews... Uh, on yeah, television. Yeah, but what I'm, really, I'm really curious why you've never been able to bring yourself to say the simple words, I'm sorry, after all the damage that was inflicted by that ruinous 44-day regime of Liz Truss. And I'm sure that you would say, and we'll come to this, a lot of it was on her. No, but I'm, not, you... I'm not here to apportion blame. I mean, that's, the, that's one of the reasons why... But if you take why, responsibility for causing... That's one of the reasons why. I, I get it. But if you take, and... if you take responsibility, why are you so, also not prepared to say sorry? So I think there's a... It sounds like a loyally distinction, but I think there's a difference between saying I was responsible... Sounds like a bit like a cowardly saying, distinction. No, because actually, a lot of the debate, and you've probably been following this, mm. if you look at things like slavery and reparations and all of that, all of that is all about saying, I'm sorry. And in, in those instances, the people themselves weren't entirely responsible I for agree. stuff that happened yeah, but, but two on. or three hundred years yeah, ago. I agree with you. So, so what, in terms I, of I don't see why people today should be apologising for the behaviour no, of ancestors three hundred years ago. So, but, so, but you were no, you were the guy. No, but again, as in government, uh, there are lots of different people, there are lots of different agencies, mm. lots of different people who are involved. So it doesn't make any sense. You were the chancellor. It, you know, it doesn't make any sense for someone like, for example, Gillian Keegan to mm. say sorry when there's all of this stuff happened uh, over over many decades. Mm. And there were lots of things. No, but let's talk about the but mini let's budget. Talk about you for a let's talk about the mini budget. Yeah. There were lots of things that were going on. You say it crashed the pound. The the the, the um, Federal Reserve had put up interest rates, mm. and the Japanese yen and the euro were at fifty-year lows. The main reason the pound, as you know, the main reason the pound tanked as rapidly for, for, as it did for a week, for a week. But and then the it main came reason back, the markets freaked because back. you had these so, billions and so, billions so, of unfunded tax cuts. And where and where. The straw that broke the camel's back was actually the gilts. It wasn't the currency market. Mm. It was actually the uh, what we call the LDI's long-term uh, gilt market, mm. where interest rates went up, uh, and there was there, there was a run on that, and the bank intervened. My own view. I mean, I didn't sack myself. I wanted to stick it out no, no. and see it through. Um, the prime minister took a different route, and but do you, you know, accept that what you did was a massive mistake? So I think that the delivery of it um, was was a mistake. Left a lot to be desired. Having forty-five billion of tax cuts that haven't been funded. Even, so, to, even to a sort of non-academic no, financial no, brain no, like no, mine, so, so, looked like lunacy. No, but the, 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 it was a straw that broke the camel's back. So she campaigned very clearly not to increase a corporation tax rate mm. leadership and to reverse the NI increase. Mm. And that was £35 billion. Mm. And what, what, where we went too far 
was probably in trying to get rid of the 45p rate. Mm. So the point about the reason I think principally it went wrong was that there was just too much in it. But there and, was, and on top but of quasi, that, there was immediate harm to millions of people in, there the, was, in the country. It, it was a very turb, it was a very turbulent. Yeah, your turbulence. Uh, yeah, your definitely. Yeah, your turbulence that. was another person's mortgage. Except hell. that, and I've also openly said that you know I was exposed. Uh, ironically enough, uh, to that as well. I mean, lots of people... So here's my question for you again. I, I'm really... Struck... I'm not going to come here and say, uh, wear a hair shirt and apologise and... Why not? And, and, and say so. Why not? Because I want to look forward and I want to... Uh, well, I'm sure you do, but I want to look back. We're a and year on. I know you want to look back, year on, but I don't think that's But the reason I want to look back is Rishi Sunak was in competition with Liz Truss to be the Prime Minister at the time. Mm. And he warned, when she was talking about all these tax cuts she was going to do, he warned this. So I don't think the responsible thing to do right now is launch into some unfunded spree of borrowing and more debt. That will just make inflation worse. It will make the problem longer. Let's be clear. We have inflation <coughs> because of our monetary policy, that we haven't been tough enough on the monetary supply. That's the way I would address that issue. Okay. But it is wrong. Interest rates up. Mortgage is nightmare. It is. It is. Well, we, look, we, we, Liz, we have to be honest. We, we have to be honest. honest. But borrowing your way out of inflation isn't a plan. It's a fairy tale. Well, he was right. I think he was right to an extent. He was I right think, completely. I, no, no, because I think where she was right, where we were right, was identifying growth. And that will be an issue that you will have endless mm. conversations with politicians in the next few years. Because it's very unclear, if you have a very high tax system, which mm. we're currently in, how you get growth. I think where we went wrong, and I'm very happy to confess this, is there was just too much uh, too quickly. I think if she'd done the measures she campaigned on, I think we'd have been OK. And, of course, you've got to remember that this is on top of the energy intervention, mm. which was cost billions. No, no, billions. listen, there were lots of other things yeah, going yeah. on. So, and that, I'm not that's... disputing that. I just... I find it interesting that politicians today find it increasingly difficult to just say sorry. So when, when, the, when the consequences of their decisions and actions... You were Chancellor, she was the Prime Minister. When the direct consequences were felt immediately by millions of so, people so in this country... So I think, as I said... I think there's a... But why are you in, so implacably opposed to no, wearing... No, 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 in your clip. Wearing the hair shirt... Because then you sorry. just apologise for everything. I mean, literally, no, you don't. would apologise for No, you for don't. That, and people there are always, many things I don't think always, people should apologise no, for. always... I mean, you, a moderate, you know, reasonable person, but politicians were always being... No one's called you, you that you in years. You've you got to be... You've got to apologise for this, you've got to apologise for that. Were you the shortest living Chancellor in history? Well, actually, Ian McLeod was, but that's a different... so you're the second shortest living Chancellor. Hang on, hang on. Shortest living Chancellor in history... She was one of the shortest... The shortest. Prime, the yeah. shortest prime minister. 44 days of That's right. mayhem, right? She couldn't even outlast a lettuce. So, on every metric of political life, putting aside everything else, the pair of you will go down in history, whether you like it or not, as disasters well, in that period, right? And I simply ask, given the magnitude... So, I'm not coming here to, to, to formally apologise. Why not? Sorry. I am what I am saying is no, but wait, that I but hang was on, responsible. All right. And there were lot as you said, I know you don't said, I know you don't want it. I'm just no, no, curious. As you've said, quasi, I'm curious. Why not? And as you've said, why not? There were lots and lots, there were lots and lots of other factors. I know. But and quasi, I actually happen to believe quasi, that what we were trying to do from a strategic point of I view, know. trying to lower taxes and trying to make the country more productive and, and wealth-creating was a good thing. I know what you both believed, but it turned out you were both wrong. No, no, no. Catastrophically no, 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 wrong. No, the implementation was, was wrong. I accept that. It was a disaster. But I think the, strate the strategy was the right thing. But, but again, I understand you don't want to apologise. My question is why? Because 
I don't think that uh, the strategy was the wrong strategy. I don't apologise for the strategy. I just think the implementation and the way in which it was delivered could have been improved massively. And, I, and I've well, you freely, said it, you said it was I've a, freely accepted that. You said it was a big mistake. No, I said... The, so there are two things. There's a strategic goal. Mm. I want to have a lower tax Britain. Mm. And there's a way you get there. Mm. Now, the way that we... The implementation we used, I think, left a lot to be desired. I think it was the wrong thing at the wrong time. We went too far. Yes. However, the strategy, where we wanted to get to, was absolutely well, the right. Well, I'm sure... But, you know... That's, and that's an important thing. That's an important distinction. It's fine, but the reality of your actions is that millions of people in this country suffered immediate financial harm. And to those... I don't want an apology from you, to me, but there are people watching so, this... So, hang on. There are people watching this who went through genuine financial I agree. I agree. harm I, I, as a consequence of your actions. So don't apologise to me, but for them, I'm very curious why you would be prepared to look down the barrel of the camera on a show like this and not just say, I'm sorry for so what happened. So what, what I would do is just say, uh, you know, we could have done things better. Force but yourself. I'm not going to apologise for the actual strategy. But not apologising? You're sounding worse. I'm not apologising for, for, for the strategy. I think it was the right strategy, but the implementation was wrong. Well, uncensored next, I'm going to keep trying and see if I can finally get an apology from Quasi Quarte. Apologise for the shocking implementation. So, look, I'm not going to come here. You always do this. You get people on and you, you want them to sort of wear the hair shirt and, and, no, I don't. and humiliate them. But no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm I don't, not playing that game. I have no wish to humiliate you whatsoever. I honestly don't. I have zero wish to humiliate you. I actually thought you were going to be a really good Chancellor, for what it's worth. Right? No, no, thank you. That, that's right. very kind of you. Yeah. And I think the pair of you lost your minds. I think we went too far, too far. Right. I, I, think, I accept that. I think you lost your minds and you got way ahead of yourselves, but the consequences of your actions led to you being fired, yep. Liz Truss hoping that would save her skin. It didn't. She then had to go too. Humiliation for the pair of you and for the country on the global stage... But again, I come back to one thing. You may not want to apologise, and I'm not after look, it for feel, me, look, look. but I'm not trying to humiliate you. No, no, no. You guys, no. with respect, Quasi, you guys humiliated yourselves. Well, OK. Right? Uh, and that, yeah. But in the process, you also exposed the country to humiliation. So, it was a very damaging period for Britain in terms of our standing around the world. And more importantly to me, millions of British people already suffering from a pandemic, already suffering a cost-of-living crisis, already suffering, suffering from energy costs uh, going through the roof, all these things, they then had the added financial burden as a consequence yeah, it was a, of your... It was, it was a very yes, difficult but, time. So my point is... It was a very So my point is, time. you're a smart guy, you know that the decisions that you took led to that financial harm for millions of people in this country. Why are you not so, prepared? So, this is what this reminds me of, and you're going to laugh, but... It reminds me of Frost trying to get that apology out of Nixon for the damage he'd done to the reputation of America. Why don't you just take a leaf out of Nixon's book? He didn't want to apologise either. He Look. resisted for years, and then eventually he sat back and you could see his brain whirring, thinking, actually, you know what? Yes, I'm sorry. Why so, is it so hard? It's not, look, it's not hard. I, all I'm it saying is, is it possible? Were, You're literally were, finding it no, impossible. No, but look, there were other, there were lots of other people involved in this. Okay, there was. I'm not. I'm you not were the take, chancellor. I'm not going to take sole responsibility. 
uh, when there were lots of. You're not taking any responsibility. Oh, no, I do. I have taken responsibility. I'm not no, going to take not, sole responsibility. You don't think, it, you don't think not, what happened raises the bar look, to the level so of wanting to apologise? All I've said is that I'm, I took responsibility. And, and, and we should have done things mm. in a more measured and a deliberate way. That would have been... Have you heard the Elton John song, Sorry Seems to Be the Yeah, it's a good... It's a, it's a you good, like that it's song? A, it's, a, it's a very good song. Do you play it a lot? Uh, I'm not a big fan of Elton John, but I like right, that song. You know that song? Yeah, 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 I do, I do know that song. Do those words resonate? <laughs> no, all I, look, I'm not coming here to relitigate you what happened last You spent ten minutes not wanting to apologise. Um, and you, spent, so, you, spent, you spent the year not wanting to apologise. No, I've, said, just, I've said... I've said Millions of times that you that won't I apologize. bear responsibility that we should have we did things uh, in the wrong way But in terms of the strategy, I still believe in the strategy So I don't see why I should apologize for the strategy. because the implementation was a total disaster. the implementation was was so was when you implement thing. something as a chance of this country that causes Huge financial harm immediately to millions of British people the the traditional then, thing is to say you know what? I'm sorry for the damage and, I did. and and if you look at where we are now mm. obviously, you know interest rates have more than doubled since. I'm only uh, talking about the consequences of your actions. Since I was there, I think a lot of the. I'm talking about by think, your own admission. I think, I think thanks to. Quasi, um, I'm talking about by your own admission the consequences of your actions as Chancellor and the immediate impact they had. It was had a difficult time. Well, I'm, not, I'm not going to come on the show. You were the say, one. You were the one that no, caused this. No, no, no. I, I wasn't the sole. I mean, we've gone through this a million times. You were the Chancellor. I was not the sole agent of what happened. What, okay? what I can't I get my head around. Why of what are you so desperate? What I'm trying to say. Why are you so desperate not to? Because, because what will happen is if I say, oh, you know... I'm sorry. I'm well, then uh, Gillian's got to say, everyone's got to apologise for everything. Never mind anybody time. else. No, that's important. And I just think that it's very easy to get politicians who are uh, ultimately responsible for things to try and say, OK, I'm sorry. When politicians sorry screw up badly and it impacts on millions of people's lives, I think that it is incumbent so, on so them look, not only to take responsibility, but to apologise. So, so, so I've taken responsibility. I accept that the implementation... Being not sorry. I still think the strategy... Was the right. You're not sorry for the implementation, and I think we'll come. You're not sorry for the implementation, and I think we'll come round to. Do you not find it a bit ridiculous? That no, you're... no, I don't, because because look, we're playing a game here. We're not playing I, a game. I'm, it's not I'm a game saying, to the millions of I'm people. It's not a I game to the people whose lives were affected. I was saying that I was uh, completely responsible. Uh, not completely responsible, but I was involved in those decisions. Mm. Uh, some of those decisions we should have. But there uh, are people taken. watching this now. Honestly, I promise you, I've interviewed many people over the years, thousands. There will be people watching this now going, why doesn't he just say sorry? What's the matter with him? Yeah, I can understand that. But I, all I want to say is that I, I don't apologise for, for the strategy. I think it's the right thing. I think we've got to have you are a lower tax. You are perfectly entitled to... I think we've got to have a lower tax, Fine, more productive, yes, wealth-creating But you can't have lower taxation without funding it properly. Yeah, I agree with that. And that was why... You didn't fund and it. We'd, if, we talk, if we'd actually talked through it, if we'd had time, that was why in the autumn statement I said, look, mm. I'm, going, I'm going to have a statement mm. where we're going to show spending restraint, which will fund the, the tax cuts. Mm. Unfortunately, and it wasn't a choice of mine, I was obviously sacked because of the turbulence, because of the market reaction. Mm. I was sacked before I was able to do that. Mm. And when Jeremy Hunt Did Liz Truss say sorry to you? No, she hasn't apologised to me. She's never apologised to you? Uh, no, uh, she So hasn't. she screwed you, basically stuck a political knife in your back? Well, I was sacked, it. and I think the idea was that she would... She never apologised? No, 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 she hasn't done that, and I haven't uh, insisted upon it. She... Do you still talk to her? Yeah, I mean, I've spoken to her... When was the last time? Months. Well, a few months ago. So you don't really talk to her? <laughs> no, a few. Well, I mean, you don't, do you? No, a few, a few months ago, I see yeah. her in the House of she, Commons. She stabbed you in the back and um, political and grip, so, right? And so once I was sacked, um, then you know she took responsibility. We got a new chancellor in who's still there, mm. and a lot of the stuff. Let was me ask you, honest, do you ever apologise for anything? 
Yeah, I mean, I apologised in my private life the whole time. When was the last time but you apologised for something? I think, um, I think I picked up my daughter from nursery uh, too late and I apologised then a couple of weeks. So, just to but, be clear... But, to, hang on. Just to be clear, you're happy to apologise to people... So, at a, hang on. At a nursery school yeah, for being a few minutes life. late to pick up your daughter, but you're not prepared to apologise no, no, no. to millions so, of so, people so look, for screwing so, their no, personal no, 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 finances. No, no. So, so that's you see, where, my, that's where I look at it. I know where you're coming and from. And you think I'm, I'm trying to humiliate you. I'm not. No, I'm just thinking from a public... In terms of public affairs and public life, I think politicians make decisions. Um, and they... On, on the basis of uh, evidence, on the basis of their own uh, philosophy, if you like... Uh, and I've never been one for saying, you know, if a, as, a, as a politician, um, you know, you're personally um, damaging people. There's, there's policy, there's debate. But you did personally lots damage of them. Well, no, because there were lots of other things. I did not personally damage those people. I You've did omitted not... the implementation I think of the implement... your strategy. And there was a lot of context. It was so bad, it and there damaged was, people. And there was a lot of context as well. And you said, well, forget about the context. Well, no, you, the context is important. I know the context. I saw the reaction you got, you to your know, policy. Uh, and I think that, yeah, and there, was a white, there, was a, there were lots of things going on. Mm. There was also the time where um, I came back from Washington uh, and was sacked. And, and, you know, I haven't mm. asked for an apology for that. That's the way... Uh, public affairs uh, these days is conducted. Mm. And, 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 you know, people have sincere beliefs and they want to do the best for their country. Final question. And they shouldn't apologise should... for that. Well, actually, I think... I, I think... mean, you and I have a different view, maybe, but... but I think that. you'll find it's... My view is the common view. OK. okay. I honestly do. I, okay. And I'm saying, I did not get you here. I actually thought, you know, over time, after a year, you go, actually, yes, I'm sorry. It's literally as simple as that. OK. And then you yeah. put up with one day's headlines, a quasi saying, I'm sorry that we got it wrong and so, I damaged people's so, lives. So I think... Uh, why instead, you, instead, what you've got is a 15-minute attempt no, by me the to, reason, the reason in why, your eyes, wrestle some no, kind of fake apology out of you. I'm, in my I'm, eyes, get an apology for the, the people whose lives you've affected. Is that I think the strategy, and I think in the long term, we have to have a lower tax... Uh, but that's but that's different. And, and, and I don't think it is different. That is I think different. That's, that's, I'm not going to apologise for, for what the goal was. Yes. I'm not gonna, I, that's what I believe You're in. perfectly entitled. Honestly, I mean this, you're entitled to believe that your philosophy and your strategy would have worked over time. Mm. But I'm also entitled to go back at you and yeah, say you the are. implementation and we're, and we're, I, was I reckless, it was wrong, it tanked the markets, it spooked everybody in the world of, of economics... And the consequence of that was you got fired very quickly and the Prime Minister lasted 44 days and the whole thing brought shame on this country. But more importantly, millions of people in this country suffered personal financial loss as a consequence of what you guys did. And I just find it baffling, honestly, and I'm not trying to humiliate you. No, no, I get that. Because actually, that. I've always liked you as a no, politician. We, no, yeah, yeah. And I did think you were going to be a good Chancellor. And I'm sorry it didn't work out for you. But I'm actually sorrier for the people who lost money, and I think they'll be watching this going, why doesn't he just say sorry? I understand where you're coming from. But last chance. Look, I just think... Last chance. It was, it was a difficult time. Last uh, chance, But I still, believe, I still believe the strategy was the but right one. But you know the implementation why... was a fiasco. And, and, and the implementation could have been better. You're sorry for that? We sh- I also think we should have had Are more. Are you sorry for that? We should have had more for more time. There you go. I'm sorry for the implementation. The strategy sorry, was the right... And you're sorry for the damage the implementation so caused the, to so, the So there you go. You know, we've had this discussion. I think you're right to say, uh, on consideration, I think you're right to say people should put their hand up. And also, having put their hand up, they should be able to show some contrition. And, and I'm, happy to, sorry. I'm happy to show that. What I'm not happy to say, and what I stick to, is the fact that, as far as this country is concerned, and its wealth and its mm. prospects, 
We cannot tax ourselves right. to prosperity. But I, that, that's a different argument, and you're perfectly. No, but I made, that, I made that argument for the last 15 But minutes. am I right in thinking you now, minutes. for the damage that the implementation caused to millions of people, you're sorry? I, I, I show abject uh, contrition. I'm very. Are you, are you sorry? Look, look, I, I, whatever formula of words. I think, I'm just I asking. Think are you sorry? I, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, you're sorry. The turbulence that the uh, that was caused. You're to sorry them. for the damage okay. it caused to British people. If, if, if that's what you want me no, to say, no, it's what I want you no, to look, want to say. Uh, well, look, what I want to say is that I think the strategy was right. I'm sorry for the implementation. Are you that, sorry I for think, the damage caused to the British I'm people? I'm sorry for the implementation, and it was it was too far. Too and for fast. the damage caused to the British. I don't people. know why you look. There were lots because of they lots suffered of financial no, lots loss. Lots of people were. Lots of people were. But no, but I, you were the chancellor. Okay. I was the Chancellor of the Exchequer. Are I'm you sorry, sorry for, for the financial damage it caused to the British I'm people? I'm sorry for the uh, damage and uh, the loss. And uh, and it was a scary time, and I'm sorry for that. Quasi. We got there. OK. And so, I've, so, I've not tried to drag that out of you. No, no. I, look, I've not tried to humiliate we've you. We've had a good conversation. Yes. And, and I think about, you've come to... A... I've thought about what you were saying. Yes. And I've, I thought, actually, you know, we've got to put your hand up. I've accepted responsibility a long time ago. And you've said, well, why don't you get the, do the mm. step forward? Uh, take a step further and apologise. And I've said, you know, that's fair enough. And now you have? Yeah. Do you feel better now? Um, not particularly. I don't feel better or worse. I feel... I'm glad, um, I'm glad you have. Well, I'm glad that you've, you, you're, you're happy, but I just I'm not think... happy. I'm just glad that you have not only recognised accountability... So I've totally recognised ..and responsibility, but I've you've totally also apologised now to the people who suffered. I've, I've totally recognised I think that, that is the right... And a year, a year on, we've had an interesting debate, and I'm looking at, you know, splitting mm. hairs between responsibility and apologies yeah. and all the rest of it. And I think, I think broadly, you know, people were mm. adversely affected. It is a scary time, particularly with mortgages, uh, which are still going up in many instances. And I think, on your, on your principle, I think politicians should put their hands up and say they're sorry. Thank you, Kwasi Kwarteng. Good to see you. Yeah. Uncensored next, an exclusive interview. I'll be joined by the family of a 22-year-old British student who last week was killed in a Russian mortar strike while fighting for Ukraine. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Welcome back to Piers Morgan Uncensored. A British soldier who volunteered to fight for Ukraine was killed in battle last week, becoming the 10th Brit to die fighting in the war against Russia. Friends and family of Samuel Newey have said he had a kind and giving heart and always wanted to help people. Samuel was just 22 and was studying psychology at university. His mother said he didn't even think twice when making the decision to fly to the war-torn country to support the Ukrainian forces. And I'm joined now by Samuel's mother, Vicky Downs, and his brother, Daniel New, who's also been fighting with the Ukrainian forces. Thank you both for coming all the way in uh, today. And You're welcome. My deepest condolences to you, you as his mum, to you as his brother. Thank you. I've, my brother was a serving officer in, in various wars. We know as a family, we know what you've been through to a degree, but we never had to go through what you've both gone through now. Let me first of all ask you, how, how are you doing? How would any mother do? I am broken, but immensely, immensely proud of the, the man he grew into, the sacrifice that, that he made. As a mom, would I change it? Absolutely, in a heartbeat. Right. How do you feel about it? You've been out in Ukraine fighting as well. You were actually his commander for a few months yep. with the Ukrainian forces. How are you feeling right now? Uh, from a human perspective, obviously it's not a, a good thing to lose your brother, so that's something that's going to be with me for the rest of my life. Um, but on the other hand, the, the progress that he made during his time in Ukraine, it was absolutely crazy to see him change from a boy into a man. Um, so from like a soldier perspective, I'm so proud of him. What compelled you both to want to be there? I think it's more of a question of morality. So the way that we were always brought up is if you see something wrong, speak out against it, act out against it. Um, so I think it's just part of our nature to just help wherever people need help. Do you know what happened to Sam? I do. I do know what happened. Um, would it be all right not to to go in, into um, details, mm. but what I do know is that Sam was first in and he was last out and he would not leave his position until all of his unit were, were out. Mm. Um, and pretty much that's 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 all I know, really. Just what do you feel about the cause that he was fighting for? What do I feel about the cause? It it, it it's a from a from a humanitarian point of view. I agree. Mm. I agree with the cause. I think that it is important as human beings to to challenge to challenge wrongdoing where we can. You know, we're lucky in this country that we have a voice. Mm. We are allowed to speak out. We are not oppressed to a, a certain degree. We have to, we have to stick up. We mm. have to fight for the rights of other people when we see that you know, they're, they're not being given the, the same rights and democracy that, that we have. What are your feelings about Vladimir Putin? I feel really sorry for 
for Putin. I think he's delusional. I think that he has had a life unlike ours. I think that the, their, their society is very different. I don't hate him. I just feel sorry for him. It takes a lot to not hate someone who's been responsible for your boy's death. It does take a lot. But the whole reason both my sons do what they do are for good reasons. And if I hated, where would that hate stop? Where would it end? How do you feel about Putin and what the Russians are doing? The, the same. Obviously, I don't agree with the invasion of Ukraine. It's a, an illegal invasion, and it could be argued that it is actively a, a genocide. Um, I've got no animosity towards Russians. Um, during my time in Ukraine, when we take prisoners, a lot of these people are just young kids that have been forced into a situation, so they haven't really got the, the choice, if that makes sense. So I hold no hatred towards Russians or, or to Russia as a, a country. Um, but yeah, obviously the, the situation just is what it is. Um, I don't know, I mean, it could be argued that this is an overspill of the, the proxy conflict in Syria. I mean, if we look at um, sort of the, the Russian and American proxy war that happened there, this is a, a direct overspill. So uh, what we've seen is obviously Assad's been uh, sort of propped up by, um, by the Russian regime. Mm. Um, and then we see obviously Russia trying to drive a wedge in uh, NATO as well. So. Um, if we look at Erdogan's relationship with uh, Putin, it's very obvious, and it should be obvious to everybody that these countries like Russia, uh, Turkey, they are the enemy of all like democracy-loving countries and people. Um, so uh, again, I mean, this is we shouldn't look at these as isolated incidents. They are all completely interconnected. Um, so I think that's what people should should take on board. Will you go back? to Ukraine? Uh, I don't want to say this in front of my mum, but one million percent, I'm going to go back. How do you feel about that? I have to support my child in whatever decision he makes. What I feel about it as a mother, I don't think any words can describe how much I would want to say, don't go, don't go. But I don't think I'd be able to stop him even if I wanted to. Mm. So he will go with love and support. Has Sam been brought home yet? Not yet. We're, we're, we're trying to get him home and we, we will get mm. him home. Um, he. It's a really strange conversation that two brothers have had, I suppose, but um, Sam wanted to be buried. Um, that's a huge cost, didn't, didn't want to be cremated. So we, we are currently raising uh, money to, to get him home and to give him a funeral. We, we would like military honours, but we're struggling to, you know, organise everything, but we'll do what we can, whatever's left. We intend, you know, there are nine other families mm. in this country who are going through what, what we go through, what we're going through. But there are also families from other conflicts whose children have volunteered to, to go out there and fight. You know, we need to support. 
What is the legality of what you guys have been doing? It's, a, it's quite a grey area. So um, with Ukraine at the moment, um, because obviously there's quite a lot of uh, support from Western countries, it's not a problem. So uh, when you make the decision to travel out, the police stop you, they give you a little letter that says, look, you're probably going to get hurt. We've told you not to go, don't go. It's up to you. Kind it's of like thing. a disclaimer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It just covers their backside. And uh, But if we look at, say, like uh, Syria, when volunteers um, initially started going to Syria, a lot of people were being... Um, arrested for terrorism offences and stuff. So um, I think it just depends on, on like the political situation uh, and depending on who it is that you're actually fighting against. So obviously Turkey being a, a NATO country, for me, that was a, a big problem um, when I decided to, to participate in the conflict against Turkey. But um, yeah, Russia being the, the enemy of the West, it's not a problem at all. This issue of when your brother comes back, getting military honours, recognition for his extraordinary courage that he's shown. He's not a regular member of the armed forces. Presumably there'll be a, you know, a process, I guess, which says, well, it doesn't count. But obviously it, it should count. Is that how you feel? Yeah, definitely. At the end of the day, my brother's put his life on the line and travelled to another country to help people that need him. Um, I think millennials and Gen Z... Um, get quite a hard reputation a lot of the time. A lot of people say that uh, it's not within us to to sacrifice and, and to know what struggle is, but uh, I'd like to argue the opposite. We, we do know what struggle is. A lot of us do give up comfortable lives to, to travel to other places to help people. So uh, that's the bottom line. And I don't think um, people should ever negate the, the sacrifices that have been made. So my brother was 22 when he died. Uh, he's given up his whole life for for other people, he's not going to have any more days. Uh, and to be able to, to square that away with yourself as a human and say, right, I'm willing to give up all the rest of my days for other people, it just takes a different... Well, to fight for freedom and democracy, which I think is the most important thing you could ever fight for. Absolutely. And your son, to me, is a, a hero and should be treated as such by this country. He may not have been there officially, but he was there risking his life, as it turned out, losing his life to fight for Ukraine's freedom and democracy. And I can only imagine how grateful the Ukrainian people must feel about what your, both your boys have done for their country. Just before I let you go, just tell me about your son, Sam. What kind oh, of boy was he? He was an absolute nightmare. <laughs> he was an absolute nightmare. So Sam was born with uh, unnatural confidence mm. as a toddler. He, he, it was in him to fight for what he believed. Even as a, you know, as a, as a child, if you chastised him, he would argue his mm. points. And, and he, he was so funny, so, so funny, got a great sense of humour, intelligent. He actually did, um, he won uh, Apprentice of the Year in butchery and really? he was uh, presented with a certificate by Princess Anne, really? of all people. And God love him, he chatted to her for an hour like she was an old school friend. <laughs> it was, I don't know what she made of him, but um, if you if you had met him, you, you'd have, he'd have left a mark. It's obviously desperately sad that you lost your son. He sounds a remarkable young man in many different ways. But how proud of him are you? Immensely, immensely proud. There are no, there are no, I'm heartbroken.
but my gosh, what a man he grew into. A lot of people have have said, gosh, you, you, you're, a, you're a great mom, you've brought them up well. And Piers, I won't take that. that that's, you don't give somebody morality. You don't give them bravery and courage mm. and honour. It's in there. That, that's down to Sam, that's not down to me. I'm so sorry that you've lost this wonderful son, that we've lost what sounds like a, a great Britain. Absolutely. And I'm very grateful to you for what you've been doing. And I wish you all the very best if you do go back there. Thank you very much. Ukrainian people need all the help they can get. Definitely. Thank and you. I, I feel that there's nothing more important than what they're fighting for. Definitely. So thank you both for coming in. I wish it was under different circumstances, but Sam was a hero. And you yes, should both know that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, Uncensored next, is Macbeth racist and full of references that reinforce white supremacy? That's a claim of a US academic. My pack will be here to debate that and the very moving interview that we've just conducted. Welcome back to Piers Morgan Uncensored. I'm joined now by my stellar pack. Talk to me contributor Paul Arone Adrian, the political sketch writer for the Daily Mail again, Quentin Letts, and the political journalist Ava Santino. Welcome to all of you. Have you missed me? Stella! <laughs> Part you, of Stella. I know you haven't missed me, but have you two missed me? Of course, dreadfully. Yes. <laughs> look, at the, look at the terrible, you look very disingenuous healthy. expressions. <laughs> I'm temporarily healthy, it won't last long. Um, just want to talk to you. Straight away, just about that interview I just conducted with that, that poor woman whose son, 22 years old, gone to fight for the Ukrainian forces, mm -hmm. as she put it, for freedom and democracy, with her other son, who's also done that, sitting there saying he's going to probably go back. Yeah. And yet there's no formal way of bringing her son home. There's no help from the government, the foreign office. They are struggling to find money for the burial. This doesn't seem right to me. It isn't right. And I have to be careful because, obviously, I'm a barrister and... I expect everyone to abide by the rules and laws that our state sets us. And technically, of course, we know that he shouldn't have been there. But what does surprise me is that our Foreign Office doesn't have just an ounce of sensitivity to offer support to the family, because it is the family, mm. it is the loved ones who are struggling and, and, and have to deal with not only the loss, but of dealing with all the bureaucracy and rigmarole that goes with bringing um, a lost member back it, to his country. Quentin, it just doesn't... Well, it's a personal misfortune, very terrible personal misfortune yeah. and a tragedy, and one feels sympathy. But it's not yet a national war that we're in. Mm. And uh, therefore, people who go out there and fight uh, Europeans uh, who aren't uh, part of the Ukrainian nation, then they're doing it at their own personal risk. They are. And I don't think they were contesting that part of it. And well, therefore, if you start uh, then you know, bringing them back and giving them military honours, that, first of all, politicises it in a very dangerous mm. way. But it also, I think, dilutes the gravity of a nation declaring war. I mean, it's complicated, this. I felt incredibly sorry for them. I come from a family full of military people who served in war, and thank God we never had the call that she had to take that her boy had died. He wasn't there officially in the British Armed Forces because we're not there officially for that. But he did serve incredibly bravely for the Ukrainian forces, forces that we are supporting with other military means in terms of equipment. Defensive, right? So if we start, I mean, if you start honouring British fighters who've gone on over there to contribute, then you 
you've de facto got boots on the ground, haven't you? You've, you've sort of put the British Army in there. Are you? In or is a distinction kind of to be way. made that it wasn't official? We can still recognise that somebody has lost their life fighting for freedom and democracy. I think this is really tricky because I don't want to sound like the evil witch in the corner, but I mean, I, you, you shouldn't have been there and you've been told not to go there. It's extremely valiant he did. And I, I, I really feel mm. for his mother. I can't imagine what she's going through. Yeah, she was a very impressive lady. start dishing out honours to people who've, you know, travel over to Ukraine. I mean, that, that, that just sounds like quite dangerous, actually. It's complicated. It'd be interesting to see what, what help we can get them. Um, let's turn to uh, the other big interview that we did, which is quasi quarting so quite extraordinary. I do a whole monologue about the inability of public figures to say sorry when they genuinely get things horribly wrong that have consequences for a lot of people. Kwasi Kwarteng spectacularly got things wrong as Chancellor, which directly impacted on the finances of millions of British people and still continues to. And yet, Quentin, for 20 minutes, having listened to the monologue, he still refused to say sorry. He wouldn't say the words. And eventually he did. Eventually it was almost like the lights came on and he realised how bad it was looking that he wasn't prepared to say that for the damage he caused millions of people directly financially with his policy, which went spectacularly wrong, he was sorry. Yes. Why is it so hard for them? Well, should they, should they apologise, first of all? Uh, well, I'm, I'm not a, quite as uh, obsessed about apologies as uh, some are. Um, but <laughs> uh, I think politicians become hard-boiled against the idea of apologies. I mean, I refused to apologise when I left Good Morning Britain. That's why I had to leave. But that wasn't because I directly impacted Well, that's because you felt lives. that there was a principle there. Yeah, but he, he, yes. he, he accepted that whilst he still believed in the general strategy, the implementation had been... Terrible, right? It, so he accepted that. I accept. I, I see what you're saying. But the politicians become hard-boiled against um, somehow ceding ground uh, to apologies because politics is about the battle of ideas and they want to defend those ideas. But when something is, is goes very badly wrong in a big way, then obviously it's a good idea to say, uh, we I got mean, that Ava, one you, wrong. Yeah, I mean, Ava, you could argue this is one of the most catastrophic performances by any chancellor in British history, mm. right? I mean, he lasted just days as chancellor. Uh, the prime minister who helped him enact this lasted 44 days, the worst prime minister ever in terms of tenure. So why not just throw your hands up and actually just throw yourself at the mercy of the British people who were very forgiving, actually, mm. in my experience, and just say, we made a big mistake and we're sorry. Well, he can't be that sorry because he still took the £16,000 severance that's offered to cabinet ministers right. when they depart, right? So if he really was sorry, mm. maybe he'd give that money over. It's probably about the amount that a lot of mortgage owners have lost off their mortgages or had wiped off because mm. of him. I have to say, it took you 20 minutes to get that apology mm. out of him. Um, I'm not sure whether the people who are struggling to feed their children will accept that apology mm or think that that apology came from somewhere that was real yeah, and deep I mean, it's down. A, it's a fair point, given how long it took him. Mm. Um, Macbeth, Quentin. Yes. Is Macbeth racist? So we have an American, they're always American academics, uh, assistant <laughs> professor of English at Trinity University in Texas, says that the bard's use of words such as bat, beetle, black and knight are racialized language. And how does it seem where a character uses the phrase black Macbeth? 
She says it's important to help students see the ways in which a play may not recognize immediately as a race play based on radicalized language and playing on the dichotomy of whiteness and blackness and dark and light. The great thing about Shakespeare is that you can put all sorts of teenage uh, literary criticism interpretations on it, and I think that's about the level of this. Paula, I mean, you often defend the indefensible on these sort of stories, <laughs> but come on. Macbeth racist for ra radicalized language. So... I think old Shakespeare's in there as a little covert... Racist? Uh, so I can't answer that question, but what I can do... Yes, you can. What I can... No, I can't, because I don't know <laughs> You can't it defend was. it, is and what, what you I mean. Ca what I can say is that clearly there was racist language used. What I can say is clearly at that time there would have been racist people. What I can say is mm. that does it make it wrong for this academic and scholar to put forward those theories and for those theories to be tested. I just think, at you, know I think you know what, what I think? And that's what was happening. Let me get away from this, because I think what's happening is there are academics all over the world who know they can get ridiculous clickbaiting publicity by calling literally everything racist. And when they're not calling it racist, they're calling everything transphobic. And when they're not calling things transphobic, they're calling everything sexist. When they're not banging on about sexism, they're banging on about the patriarchy. That all leads to Barbie, which is the ultimate, ultimate example of what I'm talking about. Not everything has to be all these things. I, I actually thought it was really interesting. I'd never, ever thought about it in this light before. Like, I, I mean... But I, now you think Macbeth is racist. I don't think... Let me, let me hang on a second. Okay, I was thinking that perhaps, well, yes, the slave trade had really kicked off then and Shakespeare was at the time writing for Queen Elizabeth and she was infamous, infamously kicking out quite a lot of the black community from London at that time. She was, you know, throwing Spaniards out and throwing people back to Morocco. So perhaps there could be an element of Shakespeare's writing that was appealing to that side of Queen Elizabeth who liked to paint herself white with lead and was quite obsessed with colour. Or perhaps Shakespeare wasn't racist. Well, I'm not saying character Perhaps he just was that's... one of the greatest people this country has ever well, produced. Isn't that the And was a brilliant saying... playwright and didn't actually have a racist bone in his body. But how do you know that? What about that, that old quaint that? theory? But how, but how do you know that? How do you know he wasn't? But I don't, but what I'm saying is it's important for us to debate that. It's important for us to discuss it. And well done to the academic scholar for at least putting forward her theories. It was just a bit bigger than... He was so, so, so much bigger. <laughs> anyway. Or he didn't write it at all. That's this, a good theory, isn't it? Unfortunately, <laughs> this show has suddenly got so much smaller because oh. it's over. Yeah. Uh, but thank you <laughs> to my, my brilliant pack, as always. That's it from me. Whatever you're up to, keep it uncensored. Good night. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.